Welcome to Live on Purpose Radio with Dr. Paul Jenkins, where you will hear inspiring stories of ordinary people doing extraordinary things. Feed your mind with a regular dose of positive energy and show up for your life every day on purpose. Living on purpose means that you have a purpose and you do it intentionally. And now, here's your host, Dr. Paul. Hello and welcome back to Live on Purpose Radio. This is Dr. Paul, the shrink who expands your life with another episode of Live on Purpose Radio. And today's guest is a returning guest, a good friend of mine, a leading expert on leadership and other fun things that are related to leadership. This is Ty Bennett. Welcome to the show, Ty. Thank you for having me back. It's fun to uh, have this conversation. Hey, getting a getting an invitation back. That's an important well, thing, isn't it? I, I think it's either I did a good job or it's been long enough that you forgot how it went. So either way, I'll take it. <laughs> I've been doing this long enough that Maybe it's faded into the yeah. the far they reaches. Were, he was good, right? Yeah, let's bring him back. Yeah. <laughs> he was decent. He was okay. Actually, Ty, it's an honor to have you back on the show. And the first time that you came, you were already killing it out there as a, a leadership expert and a speaker. You do a lot of keynoting uh, yeah. for organizations worldwide. And um, since then, you've gotten even better. <laughs> that's that's the idea right is that we keep getting better we keep you, moving forward well you would hope so one of the reasons i invited you back ty has to do with your new book partnership is the new leadership and the title itself gets you thinking i, I think i've noticed this and and i've heard this from you that there's been a shift in the mentality or the culture of leadership. And you've captured it with this idea of partnership is the new leadership. Can you give us just a little insight into what that's all about as we introduce this today? Yeah, so uh, I hope the title gets you thinking a little bit and hope you kind of step back and go, okay, what does that mean? How do I apply that? You know, if you go back to the, it was really kind of in the 80s that there was a real shift from management to leadership. And you had people like uh, like Stephen Covey and some others who really led the charge in that of how do we move beyond kind of just this management mentality of, you know, blocking, tackling, here's what you need to do, to how do you lead in a way that you inspire and, and you see the big picture and you think more strategically. And, and they brought out some of these ideas. Well, Fast forward another 20, 30 years, and our culture continues to change. Our workforce continues to change. We as people continue to change. As you look at the advancement of technology, as you look at the way that organizations structure themselves, as you look at the the younger emerging workforce and some of the nuances that come into play there, I think with a new economy, it requires a new approach to leadership. And this idea of partnership is the new leadership. I'll tell you where it came from for me was I did a survey of 5,000 leaders in lots of different industries. Mm. And I asked them one question. I said, as a leader, what do you want from your people? Right? So from a leadership perspective, Mm. if you were to look at it and say, okay, what do I really want out of my people? And I've asked this now live to tens of thousands of people in addition. (sighs) 
And you get lots of different responses, but it all comes back to this idea of commitment. 76% of the leaders in that survey said they want commitments. Sometimes you'll hear loyalty or results or their best work or teamwork or engagement, but commitment, right? That's what we want. Right. So if you step back from that and you say, okay, what drives commitment? People are not committed to jobs. Hmm. Statistically, if you graduate from college this year, you'll hold over 30 jobs in your lifetime. And people yeah. are not committed to companies unless you're the owner. And sometimes that's still not even true. <laughs> uh, what drives commitment more than anything else is people are committed to people. And I had this experience last right. week. I was working with a pharmaceutical company. And in preparation for that speech, I talked to three of their reps. I went on a ride along with one of their reps. And all four of those people somewhere in the conversation said something to the effect of, I don't care that much about which company I represent. It's more of my manager that impacts my life. The person that they interact with. Yeah. Uh, one person said, yeah, I was with another company, but I just changed jobs because my manager came over here and I wanted to come with them. Uh, ah. Another one said, I left my last company because the manager was horrible and my manager here is great. But it, I mean, we've heard the saying probably people join companies, but they leave bosses. And mm -hmm. statistically that actually bears out. And so my philosophy is this the way that you lead will directly impact the way that your people show up. Yes. And so I think if we understand how to lead in a way that we partner with our people, and there's lots of nuances that we can flush those out. But if we approach leadership, not as a command control, here's what you need to do. I'm your boss, go do it. But as a partnership where they feel part, where they feel ownership, where they feel heard, where you have a relationship, all of those things change the way that your people show up and because of that everybody wins it gets back to the relationship for sure and i think i might have heard this from you once from from the mic ty that the people will do business with people that they trust and people want to hang out with people that they like and and people really want to feel valued for what they can bring to the equation. So they're not looking for a boss or a manager. They want someone who really sees them for who they are and for what they can contribute. Absolutely. And there's a nuance to that because if you're in a management, if you're in a position where you are a boss, I do think you have to add value. I do think you need to bring something to the table that helps move those people forward. But yeah, just like you said, they want to feel like they're part of the equation. They want to feel like they're a value add. They want to feel like they're significant in some way. And mm -hmm. it does, it comes back to relationships. I think for all of us, we have to recognize that leadership, you're in the people business. And, and so relationships are the currency of that business. That's right. The better you can take care of those relationships, the better leader you can become. And like you said, it, it impacts the way people show up. Yeah, because we're human beings and you naturally engage differently and perform differently when you like the people you're around. That's just, right. just reality, right? And whether you think about it or not, you just if you like the person that you're working with, you show up differently. Mm-hmm.
So there's some practices that that we can implement that will help us to get there. But I think it's driven by an underlying philosophy or belief. And, and that's where partnership as the new leadership, I think, is so relevant. It gets us thinking differently about our role as a leader. And then we can implement practices. I think the practices are probably putting the cart before the horse unless you understand the philosophy behind it. Yeah, when I started to really research this, I, I would hear about different leaders in different industries, sometimes with companies that I worked with, or sometimes just people would tell me about, you know, you need to go study this leader. And mm. um, this is my terminology, right? I So I would go and I would hope that their leadership would live up to kind of this philosophy, this idea. And people would call it different things. But there are some nuances. I, I truly believe they value people in a different way. They show up differently for their people. I think one of the coolest comments I got back when I spoke for Delta Airlines, the CEO at Bastion, after I spoke, he said, you just articulated what we want our culture of leadership to be, right? Mm -hmm. and, and so from a philosophical standpoint, I do think we have to adopt this idea and get our head around it. That's what I love about what I get to do as a speaker, today I'm speaking to you know 300 leaders this afternoon here in Austin, Texas, and hopefully I can help them to get their head around this philosophy and then give them a couple of practical ideas on how they can implement it. But yeah, it starts with this approach. And if you don't believe it, if you don't buy into it, then it's gonna be hard to, to lead in this fashion. In fact, if the belief doesn't support the practice, then the practice becomes nothing more than manipulation. For sure, right? It, it's got to be driven by the right intent. And I think we can read that. I think as human beings, we have strong BS meters. Mm -hmm. I, I think we can just tell, like, even if it seems like they're doing the right thing, you kind of go, there's just something not right there. Like, they're not, you can tell they have their own agenda, or they're, they're just not in it for you. And, and because of that, you, you hold back just a little bit. Right. You can smell it from about yeah. a mile away. <laughs> Sometimes I call this the victim stink. <laughs> where it's oh, just, there you, go. you know, a victim mentality has people thinking in scarcity and fear. And, yeah. and when a leader shows up that way, it sucks. It, and it, I mean, literally sucks the energy out <laughs> of an organization. It does. Yeah. It, uh, and it, it's, it has a ripple effect, even if it's not that it's duplicated necessarily. If I hold back a little bit of my potential and a little bit of my effort and energy, that impacts everybody down the line. So it, it ripples in a negative way. Right. And that creates the culture that then drives the company, which has an impact on all of the customers. Mm -hmm. It just yeah. goes out all from the, there, doesn't it? I agree. Ty, your book, Partnership is the New Leadership, it, this is similar to the other books that you've put out in the past in this way. It's simple. It's concise. You get to the point and, and make a good point with stories to illustrate it in a way that is easily comprehended. Now, application is a whole different, a whole different thing, right? <laughs> Sometimes. But I like the way that you've organized this into some 
some concise ideas, and one of them is jumping out at me. Let's introduce this before we get into the break here in just a minute. Um, partner leaders know that value precedes influence. Value precedes influence. What are you talking about there? So you mentioned just a minute ago, this idea that people do business with people they know, like, and trust, right? Mm -hmm. I would add to that, that they also do business with people they value, which means as a leader, I have to bring something to the table. I have to be able to help people get where they need to go. I have to bring a knowledge and a skill set, something that can contribute and help in that way before I become truly influential, because I can love you to death. I can think you're the nicest person on the planet, but I still may not trust your judgment, or I still may not say, this is somebody that I'm going to give my full time and attention to. And so there's a value piece that I think has to be there. As we come back from this break, that triggers some ideas for me. And I think as we continue this conversation, we can see a little more clearly what you're talking about with this partnership as the new leadership. Okay. We'll take a quick break. This is Ty Bennett at Live On Purpose Radio. We'll be right back. Do you dream of making a bigger difference more of the time? Have you thought about life coaching as something that you would like to offer? If you are an influencer or a speaker or a leader or a coach, this webinar is for you. In this webinar, I'll share with you seven important clarities that are absolutely essential to setting up a successful life coaching practice. If you're ready to take some courageous steps to add life coaching to the services you offer your clients, register now at liveonpurpose.coach forward slash webinar. That's liveonpurpose.coach.com forward slash webinar. And we're back. Ty Bennett at Live On Purpose Radio again. <laughs> There's not a lot of repeat appearances that live on Purpose Radio, Ty. Well, I'm just glad I live long enough to make it happen. <laughs> well, you're still young. It could even happen again. Well, we'll see. No, I appreciate it. We'll see how much I like your next book. That's maybe what it'll come down to. There you go. <laughs> You've done a good job creating some value. And before the break, we were talking about how value precedes influence. Leaders want to have influence. That it's like what makes them a leader, right? They, yeah. they want to have an influence and hopefully a positive influence. I've done trainings before where I say, you will have an influence. Question is, what kind of influence are you going to have? And you introduced us to this idea of value precedes influence. As we dig into that a little bit deeper, Ty, what have you found that, that sets leaders apart in this area? Well, from a philosophical standpoint, let's just look at this goes against what I would say is probably uh, the new thought process, right? I mean, how many times do you hear people say, well, if they paid me more, I'd work harder. 
right? Oh, That's yeah. the exact opposite of value preceding influence. That is influence preceding value, right? Or, you know, if they, if I get this raise, then I'm going to put in the hours. If I get this new position, then I'll really step up to that leadership role, right? And, and so, I mean, if nothing else, I think about this philosophy as we're talking about it. This is something I want my kids to get. I want them to understand, like you put in the work, you provide value and the market will pay you for that value. People will follow because they see that value. I don't care what your role is. You can come in. I go into a lot of organizations and you can start to see as an outsider who has influence within those organizations. Oh yeah. It's not just the CEO. I promise you that it's, it, there are people who will jump through hoops for certain people. And sometimes they have the title, but many mm-hmm. times they don't. Uh, I think maybe the coolest story I can use to illustrate this idea. Year, back, if you go back to the 1940s, there was a little boutique financial services company that was just getting started. And they hired a man named Charles Engel to be in charge of their advertising to write a newspaper ad for him, right? Because it's 1940s, everybody reads newspapers. And, but if you go back to the 1940s, nobody understood the stock market. Only stockbrokers did. This was like this unique knowledge set that they had. So Charles Engel came, came to his partners and he said, I want to write an ad where I teach people about the stock market. And they were mm. like, why? why? Why would we do that? Why would we give that, we give that away? And he said, in essence, he said, I just believe that if we add value, we're going to grow our influence. If we give them really great information, they're going to want more from us. Right. So he wrote up the ad, he brought it to his partners, he showed it to them, and they were like, this is good. Is it too good? And he was like, no. It, I mean, it can't be too, you can't add too much value, right? And so <laughs> they ran this ad as a test for five days. This ad, like normal ads would have been like 30, 50 words, right? Uh, just a straightforward pitch. This was 1,600 words. This was like an ebook. This was chock full of unbelievable information. Mm. They ran it for five days. In the next five days, it generated 600 leads. This is the 1940s. The so this 40s. is a cut it out of the newspaper, fill it out with pen and paper, put an envelope. Like this took some actual work, right? Yeah. They ran that ad for the next six years and it generated 9 million leads. And it turned that little boutique financial services company into the company you and I know today is Merrill Lynch. Uh, Charles Engels actually uh, kind of, change the entire financial services industry with that ad but because he opened up the knowledge to the general population but what he understood intrinsically was that when you add value you grow your influence if you invest in people if you give them great information they're going to want to invest in you and because of that his company profited well think about it from a leadership standpoint think about the people who have invested in you think about the people who have given you great knowledge, their time, their mentoring. They know, you know that they care about you. They've gone above and beyond. Those people have influence in your life because they've added value. I was just thinking as you shared that story, Ty, that that's an early example of what has made so many people phenomenally successful. And it starts with giving, providing, yeah. creating, producing value. For other people. Um, I'm thinking of our mutual friend, Bob Berg, yeah. um, who was on the show not too long ago, and the title of his book, The Go-Giver, as opposed to the old go-getter. Yeah. Uh, that's where it is. 
Yeah, I think it, it, it's a change in philosophy. The very first conversation I ever had with Stephen Covey, this was years ago, uh, somewhere in that conversation, he said a phrase to me that's always stood out. He said, I think we go through life thinking life is about achievement, right? It's what's the next step? What's the next goal? And he said, maybe it's with age. He goes, Ty, I'm a lot older than you. At that point, I was in my late 20s. He was in his late 60s. And he said, I think maybe some, at some point, you figure out life is actually about contribution. It's about how can I serve? How can I give? How can I contribute to people? That was his philosophy. Um, I've tried to as much as I can make it mine. And I know I fail at that many times. I let my own agenda get in the way sometimes, right? And you think, yeah, well, we're human. Um, what, am, what am I going to get out of this? But when you lead in that aspect, I love Bob's books, The Go-Giver, that whole series is fantastic. He and John David Mann have done a great job with that series. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's a mentality that I think makes you more influential. Right. It's going to bless your life to do this. You will become more prosperous. You will become more influential. But if you're doing it for that purpose, it spoils it. Yeah. And it's, you know, I think it's interesting. I think sometimes in my life, there are times, well, there are times that you have to like consciously choose, I'm going to do this even though I don't fully feel like it because it's the better way to go about it. Um, mm -hmm. But, but I think when you know that your awareness allows your, your perspective to change pretty quickly and, and yeah, the more, that becomes natural to you and that's a genuine approach, the more people respond to it. Right. And like we talked about earlier, they can smell it. Mm. It's, it, it precedes you. Yeah. In fact, I was meeting with a client just earlier today talking about a new business opportunity that he has that is going to be phenomenally lucrative if it goes through. And he's he's getting kind of sucked into that mode of of looking at the prize yeah which distracts him from the purpose and it's, it's so easy to do that is such a i mean anybody who's like commission based or anything like but you can tell when somebody's sitting in front of you you can tell when they care more about the commission than about you as the customer right that it right. comes across in subtle little ways and so you know, I, that having this approach of you want to add value, you want to contribute, you want to be of service, you want to be a giver, I think makes a big difference. You know, Ty, this, the principles are so simple. And we can come back to what impacts me. How do I feel about the leaders around me, about the people who have influence? over me and what is it that they're doing that works for me if we would do what works for us with other people could it be that simple you want to feel yeah. valued and and people who help you to feel valued you're going to follow it's it can be that simple but we lose sight of it sometimes and we think well as a leader i need to do this or that as opposed to just do what works for you. Yeah, I think that's a good barometer, right? To, to look at and just go, okay, would I respond if somebody were treating me this way? Would I want right. to be that way? I think 
you know, one of the, the concepts that uh, actually will be in my next book, uh, but I, I think as leaders really looking at, do you humanize your people or do you objectify them? Mm. And, and I think we objectify people a lot without even knowing it, right? They become a number, they become a cog in the wheel. They don't, we don't really humanize them. We don't really listen. We don't really value them. Because when you value people, you add value to people. And, and so part of it is just in the way that we interact with them. It doesn't have to be that you bring something huge to the table to add value, but sometimes it's just simply in the way that we interact with them. I was doing some coaching recently with a, a COO of a company. He was referred to me by the, by the president of the company because he's ticking people off. <laughs> and sometimes a little Dr. Ball magic might help with that, I guess. But anyway, I'm getting into this conversation with him and he's like, I don't have time to get into, you know, what people are doing in their personal life. I just want them to do what they need to do. And that's understandable from a business perspective, but it doesn't work. Yeah. The unfortunate truth is the people who work for you are still people. Right. Um, or that's the fortunate truth. I don't know. But uh, I was just thinking it goes both ways. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And as people, they're going to respond in fairly predictable ways that you're already familiar with because you're a human being as well. Yeah. I agree. So we're getting, we're getting back to just being more real. <sighs> so surprised that we ended up there today, Ty. Yeah. I mean, you can look at it from just a leadership philosophy, the command and control concept, the idea of, of leading from position. I just, it just does not work. Right. Uh, now it might work in the short term to get some results, but the long term, the level of, and you think about what differentiates organizations today. That's part of this new economy we live in. Companies don't exist that they have this. There's, it, very few companies have really unique proprietary differentiation based off of product, unique technology, that kind of thing, right? I mean, you think about mm -hmm. most companies could be duplicated. So what sets you apart from somebody else? It's how your people show up. Right. It's your effectiveness. It's your customer service. It's your execution. Right, all mm -hmm. of those things, which can be directly impacted by the leadership and how they approach the whole process. That's absolutely true, in my experience. And I'm older than you. No, you got <laughs> me by you got me by a couple of years. Hey, but you're catching up. <laughs> See, I don't know if you understand how it works because I don't <laughs> think that'll ever happen. But so ty i'm sure that some of our listeners are going to want to connect with you with your books your podcast the podcast is called the relevant leadership podcast and yeah. i imagine they can connect to that wherever they get podcasts yeah anywhere you listen to podcasts whether it's you know on itunes or stitcher or google play or whatever yeah yeah and some great conversations there with some very relevant leaders in in our world and then ty bennett there's a .com for that, right? Yeah. Yeah, tybennett.com. Uh, I actually had to buy it from another Ty Bennett, so that was kind of fun. Uh, but uh, <laughs> tybennett.com is my site. And on all social media, I'm under Ty Bennett. I'm you know, very active on social media, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook. So right. yeah, I'd love to connect. 
And please connect with this man. If you're listening to this podcast and you felt anything that inspired you, Ty's doing a Monday morning mantra on social media. Uh, the books are fabulous. They're, they're quick reads, all of them, and very concise um, podcast. Ty, you're doing some good stuff. Thank you for your contributions you. today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Folks, you've heard it from the man himself, Ty Bennett, at Live On Purpose Radio, and now it's time to go live on purpose.